The following podcast may contain inappropriate language, sexual content, and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Gonzo Moe No Name Anime Show Podcast Show, your only anime discussion podcast at Gonzo.moe, hosted by me, Kyle and Noel. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing spooky. How about yeah. you, Noel? Uh, yeah, I'm doing great, and I, I, I just have to say, I... I I think anime is satanic. I, I don't have an explanation for that. Okay. I just, it, it just feels satanic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Matt Walsh, that's that's two things we, we firmly believe, that anime is satanic and that 16-year-old girls should be pregnant. Oh, my God. Like, like uh, yeah. This is so, a uh, <laughs> special spooky edition of the No Name Anime Show. I didn't realize until right before we started that this is coming out on Halloween. And what's more, you know what else is coming out on Halloween is my new documentary, which is I thought we were going to say you, anime Matt Walsh. Oh my god, less exciting. <laughs> yeah. What's more spooky than having a uh, I don't know shill of the GOP on our <laughs> podcast to talk about how uh, we should lower the age of consent? Anyway, yes. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching some spooky stuff lately. Today, I'm going to do a quick review of Housing Complex C. Kyle is going to talk about Play It Cool Guys, which is probably not spooky. And then Noel's going to talk about Akiba Maid War, which war can be scary. That's close enough. <laughs> uh, last night, I watched the movie Hausu uh, for the first time. I don't know if either of you have seen that. That's a horror movie that... Uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I've, is that the I've, one with the too. cat? Yes, it okay. seems like to me like the world's most expensive YouTube poop. <laughs> it was uh, quite the experience, and uh, I have to say that everybody should watch it. I, I don't even know how to explain it, because if I tell you the story, it doesn't sound like much. It's all visually just crazy. So that is, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else, but we watched it on the Criterion app. Ooh. Uh, but it it is very like just very bizarre editing choices, uh, and the story doesn't really make any sense. But that's kind of what makes it great. Interesting. So this is the uh, No Name Anime Show. We do this every other week. We talk about uh, what we've been watching, what we've been reading. Sometimes we talk about news. You can find all our, all of our episodes at Gonzo.moe. You can also find us on pretty much all the podcast directories. Just search for Gonzo.moe. Uh, the latest 50 episodes should show up. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Bayonetta situation with Helena Taylor and the uh, pay dispute. Uh, and so we had, I guess, one more update <clears throat> on that. Uh, there was, what was it? It was a story on Bloomberg that alleged to have documentation from Platinum about the actual offer because uh, she was alleging that she got offered $4,000. And then we got this report that said, actually, she probably got closer to fifteen to $20,000. And I think the latest update is her coming out and saying, well, yeah, actually, I did get that offer. But then they came back and offered me a cameo for $4,000, which kind of muddies everything. But I don't... I don't know. The whole response to this is messed up because it's like okay right. it she, certainly is she did mislead the facts a little bit and yes she is uh, a person with some pretty dangerous political ideology but that doesn't mean that platinum gave her a fair deal and that we should just ignore this because she's a bad person like oh exactly. now i can buy the game and with a guilt with a guilt-free conscience like well yeah and i mean not. i was talking to someone about this uh earlier in the week which is so because what was it? They were saying something about how it's it seems like a reasonable amount to pay her like fifteen thousand for the game, but because uh, they're like, oh man, that's more than I make. But it's like 
Yeah, but you work a a like nine to five. That's different from working like in a gig sort of field. Yeah, fifteen thousand. That could be fifteen thousand for like the rest of the year, or like fifteen thousand for like the next six months. Yeah, you're never not you're never sure about that. Yeah. Well, right. a lot of the people that are in this conversation too are younger. And so 15,000 sounds like a lot more money than it actually mm-hmm. is. Of course. Like I saw somebody say like, that's my salary for the year. Like, well, you probably are still in college. Uh, right. and that's okay. But $15,000 is not something you can survive on. Right. I would even say, even if you are younger, that $15,000 for a year is still very low. Well, part-time working a minimum wage job is, I get that. Like, that doesn't Mm. mean that they're paid fairly. Right. But that's a reasonable amount to assume you would accumulate at that wage working part-time. I used to make around that when I delivered pizza, so I get Mm. that. Of course. And I I just want to say the thing is also, like, this is what I think people are missing, is, like, she was the main voice actor for a game from a giant corporation that's supposed to be, like, that's supposed to be the money roll. That like yeah. that fifteen thousand that she was offered was like minimum. That's like you know according to union you know standards, it was like cool. She was being paid the absolute bare to the ground, like not even a dust minimum of what like was allowed, basically. Yeah, and to have that with like no residuals or right, and she's the lead like of this game. That's supposed to be like like that's the kind of thing where you call your folks or you know your parents you're like look i got the role like i got that dream yeah. gig quote unquote for my and industry I mean, I mean yeah like if i'm thinking about it like when you think about platinum games like i feel like bayonetta is their most successful ip oh 100 yeah well it, it's also that that wasn't the initial offer she was offered less money than wrote a personal note to oh god what is his name hideki kamiya hideki kamiya and he's like i'll give you five grand more which is like nice. They didn't have to do that, but like, yes, you are the star of this big franchise. And something that I didn't realize when all of this started is she was the original voice of Bayonetta. Uh, my understanding is that the English version came first. Oh yeah, definitely. And because yeah, there's also this discussion about like, oh well, she's a dub voice actor. I don't care about that because I'm a dirty weeb and. Yeah, no, like... Like, well, actually, the Japanese is the (laughs) dub. Right. Um, I think I read that there wasn't a Japanese voice of Bayonetta until the anime came out. Hmm, really? I I don't know if that's true. That is just something that I read somewhere. Uh, But I know me and Kyle, before we started, we talked about how uh, it is, like, a weirdly common thing for Japanese games to, like, have English as the first language or, like, maybe be the only option. Yeah, I think that was the case with No More Heroes as well. Well, in Resident Evil, I think, mm. has always been English first. Uh, really? Yeah, well, because if you remember when uh, when Resident Evil 5, I think it was, when that demo leaked, mm. it was the English version, but all the text was in Japanese. Okay. Uh, at least that's how I remember it. Uh, mm. I remember all of the dialogue being in English, but it was still the Japanese demo that had somehow leaked. Uh, and okay. I, I don't know what reasoning goes into, like, you know, maybe more uh, English-speaking people play those games. I have no idea why they would, you know. I feel like that might be the case. I feel like they there was definitely a time where uh, you're a Japanese game developer. The, the bigger market is in the English-speaking world, so. I think also yeah, just yeah. the characters in Resident Evil are, for the most part, American, aren't they? Like, I would say yes. Chris Redfield, Evil, probably sure. not Japanese, would yes. be my guess. No, neither Leon. Are you trying to tell me that Leon Kennedy is not a traditional Japanese name? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry for being so xenophobic, Noel. Uh, so it's a big mess. And the thing that's really bothering me is that everyone's like, well, she ruined it for everyone. And like, maybe that's true to a point, but also like, we don't have a say in what she gets paid. So us thinking she lied doesn't change anything. Also, I would say like, I don't feel like she necessarily ruined it for other voice actors. I feel like the only way she would have ruined it for other voice actors is if you 
now carry that perception that any time a voice actor talks about this, they are inherently lying, which I feel like that is a shortcoming on your part for having that perception. But our opinion doesn't matter because we're not the ones with the checkbook. I mean, our opinion matters in that I think that me saying that this is wrong is important, but we're not the ones deciding what she gets paid. So if we think all voice actors are lying, it doesn't make a difference. Of course. And I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, They brought up an interesting point on AWO uh, a couple of weeks back. Or was it a week back? I Yeah, where they're saying that the concept of of voting with your wallet in this case, because there, there has been a lot of back and forth about like the effectiveness of boycotts. And they brought up the fact that like simply boycotting doesn't uh, always have the inherent effect because a company can look at that and be like, Oh, well, maybe they just don't care about this thing. It has to be a boycott along with like a vocal outcry. That's what, like gets the ball rolling in these situations. Yeah, I I know that argument because they've been making that argument for years, and I think that it's right. a little short-sighted. Mm, yeah. uh, I think in a lot of cases that is true, but if you look at examples of like the Sonic movie, people being upset about that led to it getting changed. Right. Now, whether or Maybe not that better. was a publicity stunt, they'd always had that. That's you know, that's my conspiracy theory. You think they always had good-looking Sonic just in the back pocket, and they were like, let's run a social experiment? I mean, it was just so bad. I feel like there's no way. Uh, But also, if you look at all the things with NFTs, we've had multiple companies backtrack on their NFT projects because we're like, well, I'm canceling my Shonen Jump, or I'm doing this. Uh, It doesn't work in every case, obviously, but I do think that... I feel like that is accidental, like propaganda to get people to just not try. No, well, yeah, I, of I don't course. think it's, I know Daryl like, well, wouldn't do that, but I think that that mentality can be dangerous. Okay. I mean, the thing they were saying didn't really sound to me like they were saying don't try. It was like try, but also like have an explanation as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't mean to imply that Daryl would be anti union because I know that he is not. Yeah. Right. But I just see, like, there is no, what is it, uh, ethical consumption under capitalism. Like, I get that, but... You don't have to be fatalist about it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, I'll admit this on here. Uh, I have my copy of Bayonetta, and I fully intend to make some manner of charitable donation in the same amount that I spent on the game. Yeah, in in one of the many anti-trans charities that she posted. Yeah. Yeah, none of those. I'm I'm doing my own research to find a charity that I. I think one of the other voice actors for a character in the game, uh, one of the new characters. I think she has some kind of like charity response to the charities chosen by the. uh, Okay, that's good. Maybe yeah, and that that one's very much like a pro trans or uh, it's the opposite of whatever the other lady recommended. Yeah, Uh, she has some really bad opinions. I wonder if there's any types of charities that. I don't like if there's... Coda has some kind of fund. Coda's mm. the group that's fighting to get more things unionized for voice actors. Okay, yeah, true. Uh, that's me a... and uh, oh goodness, uh, Evan Mento. Me and Evan Mento did an episode a few months ago about Coda and uh, union stuff. So, uh, anyway, moving along on Monday. So the Monday previous to when this podcast comes out, we had a discotheque day. They're always a good time. They're very long. Uh, This one was three hours in length. I did not get much sleep uh, that night, but we had a lot of exciting stuff. I'm thinking for me, probably the most exciting is Aim for the Ace TV on Blu-ray. They got a lot of designers. That's like the tennis show where they got a lot of the ideas for... uh, Gunbuster from, right? Yes. I thought you were going to say Birdie Wing, which is also (laughs) yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably one of the most influential anime in history. Uh, and we've never gotten it in the, the West before, legally. What's funny is just the other day I was looking at my shelf, like, I think I'm done buying anime for a while. Like, I never watch these discs. I'm having more fun reading manga. My manga is slowly taking over the shelf. And then fucking Discotech is like, hey, 
have you considered aim for the ace and Galgagar? Like, fuck. <laughs> yes, okay, fine, you can have more money. Have you been considering Galgagar? I've thought about watching it, uh, but it's not easily available. Right. Uh, I would definitely, if I had to pick one or the other, I would get aim for the ace. Because I think I would actually watch that. Okay. Because Cow Guy yeah, goes like 50 episodes long, and the first half is kind of boring. I think, yeah, it's like 50 episodes long, and I think those first 10 or 12 are just like, hey, there's a monster going through town. Let's get Gal Gygar to, yeah. to do a stock animation sequence and blow it up. I watched the first two or three back when I started the podcast, and I found them to be hard to get through because I'm not 10. <laughs> uh, but I've heard that, like, because the Clarissa did a review, you know, probably a decade ago at this point, where she's like, "Yeah, the first couple are are tough, but after a while, they realized that only adults were watching it, and the story got a lot more mature and became really influential in the super robot genre." Right? Yeah, like uh, Gal Gagar, really big with the with the anime podcasters of the previous decade. So your mic tools, your AWOs, your anime pulses. Yes. Well, and they got the movies, which I guess have never, or the OVAs or whatever. I guess those have never been licensed. Oh, so it has. It's like the whole thing, like Gal Gygar and Gal Gygar Final. That is my understanding, mm, uh, and I okay. think they got the dub that uh, Media Blasters did for the first season or whatever. Okay. Uh, some of the other things that they got, uh, Mononoke. Which ironically, just a few months ago, I said Mononoke hasn't like isn't currently licensed. Why is Crunchyroll telling people to watch it? And Mike Tool is like, actually, it is. <laughs> and he was talking about Retro Crush, but I wonder if they had it at that time. And he was also kind of like dropping hints that it would be coming out soon. Yeah, a lot of the discotheque titles are in Retro Crush, so that you can kind of sniff things out on occasion like that. They, I think it was Cinedime put out a DVD. Uh, yeah, and that was quite a long time ago, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fist, I think nearly a decade. Fist of the North Star, uh, Legend of Rao, Chapter of Death and Love uh, is coming out. That's pretty cool. They're doing a dub with uh, one of the Kenshiro voice actors. Uh, what else? Ultimate Muscle. I probably won't be getting that, but a lot of people were excited. Oh, okay. That's that's actually kind of fantastic. Common Rider Black, uh, live action Golgo 13, live action another film, uh, Suicide Club. I'll be getting that. I think that's a new transfer of the film. What's Suicide Club? Suicide Club is a really gory movie from Cyan Sono, who is probably a bad person. I think he's definitely been accused of some not great things. Uh, Suicide Club is like a cult, cult film that's just about a bunch of people killing themselves. It is not something to watch if you're easily triggered by that, but I think that uh. the name should give that away. Uh, and then there was a sequel film that they did not announce, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's next, called Noriko's Dinner Table, mm. which is a very, very slow, very long, like, sidequel, I'll call it. Like, it's a sequel, but you don't realize how it's connected until the end of the movie. I think they call those spinoffs. It... Yeah, it's kind of a spinoff. Uh, it, it's definitely a directly connected... It's, con it's called a sequel in this sense, in this situation. But I know what you mean. Um, oh, okay. This is like how you don't find out how like Saw 1 and 2 are connected till the flashback at the end of the movie. It's, it's one of those. I see. Um, what else? I feel like there was something else. They got Sonic X. There's, you're also forgetting Didn't the Didn't they other already have Sonic X? They had Sonic the Animated Series. Ah. The uh, American yeah. series. What are you, what are you no, telling me? I forgot. Ghost Stories Blu-ray? Oh, uh, yeah. The other title you missed is the other Osamu Dezaki anime that they licensed, which is Treasure Island. Oh, yes. Who's uh, the animator who directed or who did the opening just died, unfortunately. Um, so you might have seen it on Twitter recently uh, being passed around. It's like, look at this guy's work. That sucks. But it's a really wonderful opening, and the series is supposed to be just like, again, wow. Uh, so very, very happy. Uh, a lot of both, neither of which have come to the US before. So, very exciting time. Uh, they also got some more Tetsujin 28, a series called FX. 
the ghost stories, this really bums me out because I don't like ghost stories, <laughs> but they're including a special commentary track with Stephen Foster, and that makes me want to watch this. I wonder <laughs> if, like, maybe I can rent it from Netflix. I don't want to buy this series, but I do. Is it going to be with the, is it finally going to have the, like, I don't know if, is it dub only or is the Japanese on it there? It should original? have. I think both both versions have always been available. Okay. I just want to make sure because I only ever hear people talk about the English dub version. Yeah. Ever. But yeah, the subtitled version was, av- was available on the original DVDs. Okay. Um, really? That's, I think so. Because that was the whole thing is like, we did this, but don't worry. The Japanese version is on there. Uh, but I guess there's also... Uh, a subtitle track that wasn't available on the previous version, like a closed mm. caption version that had even more jokes. I think that's kind of cool. I'm not going to watch it for that, but I'm really interested in the Stephen Foster director commentary. That guy's nuts. I read like most of his memoir. Oh, okay. Uh, the ghost stories dub has always interested me because it's a thing that people still tout as being really funny, but then when you go back to it, it's... Cringe. A lot of the at hum- best cringe, and then also like extremely dated. Yeah, because I I remember there's one episode where like the the recurring joke is they keep uh, referencing back to like the whole million little pieces uh, controversy from like the Oprah's Book Club back in like 2005, God, and it's I like don't even know what that is exactly, and it's like unless you were you knew about that. Like that entire episode is just like, yeah, like I just happened to know about that whole thing. Uh, this dude wrote like a memoir about him, like going to prison and suffering like extreme abuse and stuff. And then it came out years later that he just made all that shit up. Oh, and it was like a big deal. Yeah. And it was like a big deal. Cause like it had been, highly reviewed and like recommended by all these people, including Oprah. And like when it came out that he just made all that up, it was not a real autobiography. Like, yeah, people were rightfully pissed. What's funny about that is that the types of people that would normally get mad about putting references in a show are the type that like would have, I don't like they're the people like, oh, this is great. It's not exactly. woke humor. And it's like, but you yes. also hate when we use references. Right. I don't know. I they just they just hate woke references. They hate when you when somebody gets called a uh incel. Call yeah. My my issue with the ghost stories dub was never that it was offensive, because it's like I get it, that was like just a type of comedy in that era. It's that right. it's just it was- try hard and not funny. Like it's just edgy, like it's like a fucking Marilyn Manson song. It's it's like real South Park. Look humor. how edgy I am. Like, you yeah. can make funny, offensive jokes. Like it's not hard to do. It's just like I don't know. I don't think Ghost Stories did it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we should move on to. Let me pull up my thing. Uh, we got a Twitter question from UFO underscore Canada with the work of Discotech and other English publishers bringing out obscure anime. Are there still anime not licensed that you wish will come out in North America? Uh, how about Kyle? What do you got? I mean, I'm. I want us to get Star Blazers. Uh, I would ideally like to see it get released under Space Battleship Yamato. We've gotten a little bit, but it's only recently. It's the twenty one ninety nine incarnation, but like mm. that is the OG space anime. I would love, love, love to see it. It seems like it's up their alley. Discotech, make it happen. Nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Noel? Is anything that you're holding out hope for? Uh, yeah, I would. I this isn't necessarily anime, but I would definitely like to see them continue to release more Tokusatsu stuff, but particularly Common Rider. Yeah, like uh, because was it right now? We have I know. Kuga is coming out. They they announced Black. Uh, we also have one of the more recent series, Zero One. Yeah, I would just like to see a day when we have just like a bunch of Kamen Rider series available here in America. I'm sure uh, if it does well, you're going to see more. Exactly. And we're talking about Osamu Dezaki. Uh, how about a 
a fantastic work from his older brother Tetsu Dezaki, uh one Mad Bull 34. I'd love to see a Blu-ray of that. You know, that comes up every time they do a panel, and <laughs> that is currently not available to be licensed. Yeah, the family, uh, the, the estate doesn't want it to come out. It's Because they, they want to do it. They've said more than once, like, we want to do it, we asked, it's not available. Oh, no. Which is a bummer. But yeah, that's still kind of understandable at the same time. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, my go to well, with this go is, sweeper Mikami. Nice. There we go. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would love to see uh, the Grappler Baki uh, 2000 anime get a, a new release. But mm. if we're going for things that have never been in English, uh, the oh, goodness, what's it called? A t- Graph Reader Toki. It's a feature-length film about a guy that's obsessed with Grappler Baki. Uh, and he like goes around. I think he might fight zombies with a guy that's dressed as... God, what is his name? Uh, Dopo Orochi. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I have the movie... Is he bald? On, I, don't, I haven't watched it yet. I have the region two, <laughs> but I can't watch it on anything. And I don't know Japanese, so I can't uh, understand it either. Uh, but that's uh, probably those are my go-tos right now. It's all Baki-related. It's always Baki. Because I don't know if there's like a lot of anime. Like At this point, kind of everything I want is out. I mean, there's tons of stuff, especially in series pre-80s. There's still a lot of those that we've never gotten. Uh, oh, definitely. chipping away at it. Do you but... remember Love would be cool? Right. I mean, yeah, I feel like that's love. on the way now that now that Macross stuff is actually allowed to prosper here. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so uh, because this is a Halloween episode, I thought we could talk briefly about some of our favorite horror anime. There's not a lot of it. But I mean, I feel like there is a lot. It's just like, it's, it's much like the 80s stuff. It's like slowly coming out because we're getting like a whole bunch of Junji Ito stuff and like the wandering classroom and stuff like that. Yeah. I, oh God. There's definitely more horror manga than there is like horror anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but my heart is slowly coming around on Shiki. <laughs> now that I've watched Housing Complex C to see just how much worse it can get. I'm like, you Wait, know, I thought you always liked Shiki. I always I thought like Shiki wasn't that lot. good. I've, really? I've done two reviews where I'm like, this was okay, but I don't know. And now that I've seen Housing Complex C try to do that story poorly, like Shiki was all right, and I want to watch it again now. <laughs> uh, what else? The Halloween episode of Bleach was pretty dope. Dude. Was that a whole episode? I remember there was like a Halloween thing where they were just like, oh my gosh, we're dressed like Halloween things. It might have been like a vignette episode where that was just one of their like skits that they did. Oh, Okay. Uh, what else? Are there any like explicitly Halloween anime? Like that uh, place Soul Eaters, ha- really Halloweeny? Yeah, Soul Eaters like super Halloweeny. There's a, there's, geez, what the heck was that called again? What was the name of that vampire show Helding? about the? What is it? Helding? Is it no, no, <laughs> no. It was a. Uh, I would know those. It it's like a bad idea girl who's a vampire oh was it sankarea no that's the zombie one yeah Shukiomi moon phase no <laughs> why are there so many anime about vampires uh i think it was called kana oh was it karen was it possibly <laughs> it was it was like about a vampire and she was like she couldn't drink too much blood or she'd get anemic or something oh my god i wonder if that was it was the manga was called chibi vampire Yes. But it was, it was like the, the anime was called name. Karin. There we go. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. There's some Halloween anime. Well, I got to throw mine. I'd like um, Hellgirl. Oh, well, there's a oh. real answer. Yeah, Hellgirl. Yeah. That's like a cool, I mean, uh, that's... A weird anthology horror series. I think it has right. multiple seasons, too. I've only ever yes. seen the first, but I think it has yeah, like three I, or four. Yeah, I feel like it had like a load of seasons. And I remember seeing, thinking like, how many times can you do this story that you well, have 
that's four that's funny seasons of this because the it starts off and like on the first disc for the dvds because i have that um it starts off and you're kind of thinking that towards the end but then it has this one episode where this girl is like really sarcastic and it's just like a complete monster and then the series starts to change once she kind of is introduced uh she's only there for an episode but then it starts to go off in more interesting directions okay yeah shoot i guess uh, speaking of another that was a good horror like that was a ghost story type show right yeah i mean the ghost book stories. Is bad. <laughs> no no God, yeah ghost stories yeah there's uh what was it there's this series of like it's it's like stop mo- no no like mm. i've i know what you're talking about thunderbolt fantasy no no <laughs> that's not horror no no it's from the guys who make yamishibai Oh, it's not Yamishibai? It's not it's Yamishibai. Because, th- like, I know about Yamishibai. I've yet to watch Yamishibai. I've watched uh, Kagewane. All right. Which is, yeah, it's a, it's like a different thing entirely, but it's animated in the same way as Yamishibai. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's like this, uh, it starts off as an anthology series because, like, at each like story is this 15 minute thing about like uh this cryptid that's like stalking some person and then it it friggin gets you and it's you know as horror usually does but like the end will finish off with uh this guy named professor bonba and he researches these things called kage wane which you figure out are like these shadow monsters that take on all these different forms and after a number of episodes like that, it becomes like this, this like uh, dovetailed narrative about him trying to like find the source of the Kagewane. Sounds fun. Is this it on is, uh, yeah. streaming somewhere? Yeah, it's on Crunchyroll. Dope. Yeah. I know it has two seasons. Yeah, the first season is very anthology, and then the second one is, yeah, him, him trying to figure out who's the king of the Kagiwane. Uh, Boogie Pop Phantom is kind of scary. Yeah, it was, it was definitely scary when he, like, ate that invisible spider. Because <laughs> spiders are gross. <laughs> right. Why would you eat one, especially if it's an invisible? Ew, yeah. Just leave it alone. Uh, Okay, so I watched Housing Complex C. We talked about this for a few months because it got announced, God, I probably over the summer? Yeah, it's definitely like an interesting project. Like, I feel like, has there ever been anything like like this? Uh, What do you mean by that? In, in that it's a completely original project that was uh, like a collaboration between Anime Studio and uh, Adult Swim. Oh, I mean, Fena was I mean, an original. Fena was an original. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Housing Complex C is an Adult Swim, like, Toonami anime. And I think you may have just said the name. Production IG, I think they yeah. worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's currently streaming on HBO. You could probably also watch it on Adult Swim's website. I did not check. I just watched it on the, or no, HBO Max. Sorry. I'm still living yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah, I remember I watched the first two episodes on HBO Max. Uh, something I didn't know is the character designs were done by Yoshitoshi Abe. They did not advertise that at all. Uh, you would also never be able to guess that when you watch the show. <laughs> Who was that again? The guy that invented Serial Experiments Lane and created, sorry, invented, uh, as well as Hibane Renmei and Nye Under 7. Wow, yeah, no, I do not see that in any of the designs. Uh, It was written by somebody that goes by the name Amphibian, which not any other credits on Anime News Network, but I'm to understand they are a well-regarded light, uh, not light novel, um, visual novel writer. You know what? I can see that in the way that this is written. You mean in that it's written poorly? Yes, I agree. <laughs> no, in that I I feel like that this definitely could have worked better as a visual novel. Yeah. Like from the two episodes that I saw. Uh, they also uh, directed by Yuji Nara, who does not have any other credits on Anime News Network. 
Right. I mean, this was his debut. Uh, Jason DeMarco has spoken on Twitter. He's like, yeah, I was kind of, you know, he's head of animation for Toonami and he goes around and he met this person while he was at one of these studios. And the guy was so passionate that he kind of began to champion him and was able to get this off the, you know, going. Okay. But he has no, like, he was just a... I think he I think he's done some animation before, like he was working at one of these studios, but he wasn't in a any click creative position. All right. Interesting. So, yeah, like this is this like is literally his like, prof- quote unquote professional debut as a wow. director. Well, hmm. I don't think that they did a bad job directing it, but the writing was not good. Uh, so I uh, I talked about the trailer that had come out a couple weeks ago. And I said I was getting a lot of like Junji Ito vibes from it. I was really excited to watch this, and it's only four episodes long. So I thought, oh, it's not that big of a time investment. And it is just like, it's incomprehensible. (laughs) And for a horror anime, the first episode is really boring. Uh, So uh, it, it takes place in this like isolated like village in the middle of nowhere. And all these people live in this apartment complex called Housing Complex C. They really don't talk about that a lot. Uh, you kind of would only know that if you read all the ad copy. <laughs> so the the way it looks to me is it seems like it's an isolated island, more towards like the south of Japan, kind of like where uh, uh, summertime rendering takes place. Yeah, that that would make sense. Right. Uh, and so most of the tension comes from these uh, foreigners come to the town to work on something. Uh, they said it in the first episode, and then it's never really brought up again. Uh, they're just there for racism to happen, right? Yeah, and for them to for them to be doing their daily prayers, and for like old Japanese ladies to say like "You're conspiring with the devil, get out of here," which is like sort of was the point it wasn't it didn't really become clear what they were trying to do until the big reveal in the last episode where they just info dump everything in 10 minutes uh because they were trying to show like history repeating itself like you know uh, uh opposite factions fighting each other and you know causing their own demise uh and what was really weird from the beginning is everything seemed to center around this young girl named kimmy they say her name like a hundred times an episode. And I was like, either she's secretly a demon or she's going to die. There's no reason to be talking about her this much. I mean, the the way it initially seemed to me is that it's just like most of the people in that complex are just like old. So they're just like, hey, you know, it's, it's, the, it's Kimmy. We got to look out for her. It's the thing that we have to do. Right. Uh, but but what was difficult for me was the story seemed to be like uh, very heavily reliant on I don't know if the mythology they were talking about was real uh, because I just like I didn't grow up in Japan and I don't know you know Japanese folklore uh, but it it revolved a lot on whether a made up or real Japanese folktale that they keep referencing and it's really hard to follow. (laughs) And I just thought it was an interesting choice because this was made specifically for an American audience. Right. I know that episode, like episodes one and two, like they allude to a lot of Cthulhu mythos and stuff. Well, the, the C stands for Cthulhu. (laughs) Noel. Okay. It's housing complex Cthulhu. Really? They never say it out loud, but that's definitely what's going on. Nice way to tiptoe around it, not have to, you know, very clever. What my favorite part of this show was that they would say the name of the episode in each episode like a hundred times. Like the first episode was called Optical Illusion, and they talk so much about Optical Illusions. (laughs) And then there's one called Mismatch Buttons, and I started cheering every time they said Mismatch Buttons. And at one point, it's like a character all but looks at the camera and says, we all live in housing complex C. <laughs> it we was, live in a society, right? <laughs> oh, like, we all live in housing complex. Be careful, Jesse. You're going to break bad, and you may have to better call Saul. Uh, 
just, you could say this was my hero academia. Yes. We're all playing this game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just, it's not, it's, it's too slow. And oh man, that captain Tyler was very irresponsible. <laughs> I'm just reading names off of my shelves. <laughs> The uh, the pro it suffers mostly from pacing. Like I think that if this was either shorter or longer, it could have worked better mm. because it wasted so much time doing like nonsense, and characters would just suddenly have revelations. Yeah, like when I watched the first episode and then saw that there were only three more, I'm like, how is this gonna work? Yeah. Seems like it's telling a really big story. Yes. They're not longer episodes. They're just half an hour long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> just normal TV length episodes. It's uh, bizarre. One of the characters finds a spooky rock and he spends the whole series like researching the spooky rock. Right. Yeah. But it's not clear how he's researching the spooky rock because they don't have internet because this takes place in like the 2000s. I guess you could have internet, but you don't have like Wikipedia and do they make, do they like, wait, the two thousands. But like, I remember one of the girls that's playing like a gotcha game. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind. Noel. No. Okay. So the big reveal is that Kimmy is Cthulhu, but they don't explicitly say it. She just says that she's a God and Mm. she really liked the year 2000 and the reason they keep cutting to the calendar, if you look closely in the corner, it says year 2000, but other things in the world will say like 2003 and people have smartphones. She has been just having that island uh, do a time uh, loop because she just likes living in that time. But then Love when the it. foreigners come there, God knows how the foreigners broke into the lost bubble island with their (laughs) smartphones that still work somehow, despite that technology not existing in this world. Uh, And and nobody says, like, what's that weird device you have? Right. This doesn't come up until the last episode when one of the characters does a 10-minute exposition sequence just (laughs) blatantly explaining all of what the show is about. What? (laughs) It's wild. And then the last 10 minutes of the show is actually good. Because the last 10 minutes of the show is what I thought the show would be. Just insane violence, people losing their mind and chasing each other and killing them. And Kimmy finally dropping the act and just blowing up one of the characters. What? Wow. Like mind exploding her. It is so, (laughs) like the entire budget went to this little girl's explosion sequence. And this kind of sounds like the typical tale of, hey, I've been wanting to make this thing for, you know, my whole life. Someone gave him the money and he's like, I'm going to try to do it. But he just <laughs> wanted to make the last 10 minutes. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like his story was, he was probably building this up for a long time, right? Like, yeah. he got this chance and he's like, all right, like, maybe like, this doesn't fit I'll the container leave. I was given, but yeah. fuck it. I've only got four episodes. I got to make it work. What's really funny is throughout the series, you have Kimmy talking about her mommy, who's always off camera. Right. And then at the end of episode three, it cuts to her mom being like Genova from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Nice. (laughs) Let's go. And you think like, oh, there's going to be some kind of like payoff with this. But then in the last episode, she's this, this girl, like the, her little girlfriend, uh, turns into like a psychopathic killer and she's like, I'm going to kill you, Kimmy and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you said you wanted to meet my mommy. And then she shows her the jar and then just kills it. And it's like, really? That's what we were building up to. Wow. Like Kimmy kills her own mom. She steps on it. It's very funny. (laughs) Um, Uh. I cannot in good faith recommend you watch the rest of this series, but watching the last episode is maybe worth it. Because the last uh, episode it, is so crazy. I see. Uh, it's is there, real bad. Is there no way for uh, like you to watch the the Japanese dub on HBO Max? I didn't check, so I don't know. Yeah, because I, I know when I first started watching it, I was like, wait, I can only watch this in English? I, 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 I know was with, just really thrown off by that. I think with Fena, the... 
Japanese version came later. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you know, it's, did you watch Fena? I did not. The, what was really funny to me about this is the ending was essentially just a darker version of Fena, where, like, she resets the world. Like, wow. So, it like, the whole trajectory of the story, just, like, a bunch of random bullshit, a bunch of, like, real-life references that we tie together somehow, crazy info dump that doesn't make sense, reset the world. And it makes me wonder, like, maybe Jason DeMarco should not be making anime. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe ma- Jason DeMarco should not be signing off on who gets to make anime. They've just they've made the story twice now. Fena was admittedly better, but still falls apart at the end. I just I don't. It's it's such a mess. When they spend like four episodes being like racist against this like ogre character, <laughs> they give him the <laughs> right, ugliest yeah, character they're... design ever. He's like the that. Uh, half demon that Kagome meets in like episode eight of Inuyasha. Oh, like the peach guy. Yeah. I just want friends. <laughs> it, that's, that's essentially what it is. Just a human version of that guy. And he ends up being the only person that survives in the end. Oh, because really? Kimmy's like, you are actually pretty dope. I'm going to kill everybody, but you. Mm. Yeah. Thanks guy for saving me from falling off a building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When she almost falls off a building, she Game of Thrones is it. (laughs) She Game of Thrones. It's, yeah, it's such a bizarre one. They spend like two episodes getting excited about having Italian ice. Right. Yes. I do remember that. And I'm like, guys, you could just go to Van Leeuwen's. Do they have Van Leeuwen's on this? Probably not um, in the year 2000. On this isolated island? They can't seamless it because they don't have smartphones <laughs> yet. Yeah, they can't seamless They can't seamless it because the seamless driver would have to take a boat. Well, what's really funny is they realize that they're in the past when the, uh, the ogre guy, because there's a dead dog that they show in the first episode, right. and the ogre picks up the collar and it says like 2003, he says, wow, this dog was really old. And because you're supposed to just pick up from context, because they don't ever talk about, like, this is the year 2000. We're in the year, like, you just have to be paying attention, which fair, show don't tell. But right. if you weren't paying attention, that reveal means nothing, because you just assume it's in present day, because you see people playing a gotcha game and taking selfies. Right, yeah. <laughs> but when the character... uh the old guy that's doing the research, when he figures it out, his like Cthulhu moment, he's like, I found out that we were living in a time loop and it was too much, too much we information. Living, and so we I had to kill in, myself. We were living in housing complex Cthulhu. Housing complex Cthulhu. My God. So he had a revelation that was so too much that he just killed himself. They don't, I mean, I think he like, his brain implodes from the too much unknown knowledge or whatever Cthulhu does. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was... uh, I cannot recommend anybody watch this, but the last episode was fun. It just, you maybe need a little bit of context. So maybe watch the first episode and the last episode. Skip everything (laughs) in the middle. Damn, you know it's bad when a four-episode series, only 50% of it... It's just like, it's not good. It was a bummer, because I was really hoping for this to be good. Right. But it's not, so... uh, Next time. Let me hear about Play It Cool, boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine's going to cool. be a much shorter talk. The, uh, only three episodes are out. So, uh, Well, that's about as long as mine. You don't have, ignore the timer. We'll go as long as we need. No, that's fine. Uh, All right. I don't have a ton to say about it, but I did want to talk about it. Um, so I think the important thing to know is it's it's a not, it's a really nice contrast, I guess, against all the isekai that we've been getting. Because isekai, right, they're all built around this idea of like, hey, you've been chosen as like this unique special flower and like everything's going to revolve around you now. You're the protagonist. Congratulations. Like you get a reward. Whereas this series is the opposite in every way. So there's not really a main character. Each episode ends with the main character of this episode running into and like having a slight social brush up with another character who then becomes the main character for the next episode. And I think they're building towards some kind of like, they all going to, they're all going to converge and be like weird, clumsy, cool guys together. But 
uh, it's a nice kind of contrast because there's nothing really going on in the story, right? Like each episode is just like, hey, like I'm a character who's going to college and whoops, I accidentally uh, forgot. I gave the, she asked me to pay for this thing at the convenience store. And instead of giving her the thing to ring up, I handed her my wallet. I'm so clumsy. So is this like dude diamond daydreams? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it really is, is it's a, I don't know whether it's uh shoujo or whether it's uh Jose. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably Jose, but it really feels to me like a series about cool dudes who are, who seem like who girls kind of crush on in a small, like, not like I actually want to ask them out, but more like that's so cute. And, but they're cute and cool and girls like that, but they're also approachable enough because they're clumsy that it kind of makes them feel like they're, you know, like, Oh, they're human. And like, I can like them in a way, which is not like putting them on a pedestal, but then the guys do it too. So like, there's one guy in an episode who is like, he works, he's like 28 years old and he works as like a software developer or something. And people keep on coming to him. And this girl is just like, who has a huge, like weird kind of job crush on him. He's like, oh, I got you a coffee. Like, because, you know, drink it. And he does, but he misses the spout on like the white lid. Oh no. And then his male coworker and the female coworker got the coffee both just kind of go, cue. You know, like, oh my gosh, like that was so adorable. But that's it. Yeah, I'm looking at these guys. They're pretty cool. And like, that's what a lot of it is, right? Like, there's one guy who he always, like, he, they're all clumsy and they're all idiots in their own way. But one guy is, tries to play it off cool. He'll be like, I meant to do that. <laughs> and like, he thinks that's like, we got to play that's like, it cool, guys. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I got them. They can't say I did that on accident because I said I did it on purpose. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm the best. I was only uh, pretending to be stupid. <laughs> but then uh, he leaves out his earphones. Like he doesn't plug in his uh, earphones into his phone fully. So he's been listening to them on the train and everyone's just like around him looking awkward. And a girl's eventually like, hello, like, <laughs> we're listening to your music. And he goes, I did that on purpose. And then he leaves. And then everyone in the train is just like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. And then I it just wanted everyone to enjoy these hot jams. You know, it's funny because if this took place in New York, nobody would say anything. Right. right. And like that's the thing, right? But then it waits a beat and you see all the people on the train and it they all go in their heads like, oh, now that song's stuck in my head. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be singing that in my head all day. Ah. Uh. Uh, and like, and then you'll see girls kind of be like, oh my gosh, he doesn't even notice. That's adorable. And the friend's like, shh, don't let him hear you. And, but, <laughs> but it's also not like, he doesn't take that, like none of the men take this like kind of weird, like the girls or people finding that cute as they're not taking that as an invitation to like hit on them. So it's really kind of toothless. It's kind of just like a safe space. Like the, again, they're so clumsy, but cool that like people find them like, oh, I can say something like, to my friend about it but i would never say something to him in person so it's not like they're crushing on each other it's more just like that's cute so they're almost like human like cats or something you know what <laughs> i mean that's funny. It's, anyways it's I, it's kind of cool though like i it's low stakes and it's not trying to be more than what it is and i'm really liking how non-committal it is it's sounding a lot like daily lives of high school boys because i feel like there were a lot of segments like that where like the right. dudes would just do something dumb, but like inherently endearing, and they're just like, "Oh no, everyone knows I did this dumb thing." Let me just so that play these it are off. so small. Like in the intro, uh, for example, the character that we just got introduced to, the thing that they introduced that he does that people find adorable is he accidentally used a bendy straw instead of a straight straw into oh my, his drink, but oh he put God. the bendy part into the drink. Uh. What a dork. <laughs> and actually, people are like, oh my gosh, that's so adorable. And you're like, what the hell? And like an episode will go on and you're like, whoa, that was 20 minutes. You're like, two things happened. Like a guy wore a face mask on the uh, improperly and <laughs> he uh and he did this other thing. Like two things will happen, and that's the episode. And you're like, whoa, okay. Like it feels to me like you're still waiting for something to happen, but that's not the kind of show it is. Like it's so low-key that like even the littlest bump. It's just like, oh, okay, right. Like, it feels to me like a fantasy for actual office workers. That's really funny. He accidentally <laughs> put 2021 on the check instead of 2022. Also, he used a check instead of Apple Pay. 
Yeah, way to go, Moe. I'm so horny for him. Well, it sounds like you're enjoying it. If you watch three episodes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep watching more. Weirdly, and these are full length episodes. Yeah, full length episodes that they just won't feel full length. You yeah. will feel like you just had an appetizer, and that was the episode. Yeah, like you're in a time loop, like Housing Complex Cthulhu. <laughs> yes. Tell me about the Maid Wars. Okay, yeah. So Akiba Maid Wars, it's a uh, it's the newest original anime from PA Works. Uh, <laughs> So what's crazy about this is, yeah, so this show takes place in the 1990s. Oh, my God. Which, yeah, it doesn't feel like that. But then every once in a while, you'll get hit with like a detail where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this is taking place in the 90s. Someone's wearing Zubas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, someone takes out a Tamagotchi. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, anyway, so there's a, so this show takes place in Akihabara and there's a Nagomi Wahira and she, her, her dream is to work as a maid in a maid cafe. Got to think big. Right. Yeah. It's which, yeah, I, I never thought about that as like something someone would pursue as a dream job. It's it seems more like something you would do to pay rent if anything, but yeah, like that's her dream. Cause like, she loves the maid outfits. She thinks they're cute. She loves the idea of like getting sexually harassed by customers. <laughs> she loves the idea of like drawing like a, a cat in ketchup on a, on a rice omelet. That's, that's just, that's just everything she wanted to do. You know, I got to tell you, I've had Omu rice and it is pretty great. And if a cute maid drew a cat on it with ketchup, it could only enhance the experience. Right. So, so she joins this, uh, this maid cafe called the, so in Japanese it's called Ton Toku Ton. Okay. Which is supposed to be this, uh, this wordplay on like pig or something. Uh, they translate it as the Oinky Doink Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Oinky Doink. I love yes. it. Yeah. So, uh, and when she get when she gets hired on, she gets hired on around the same time as this other maid, uh, Ranko Manen, who is thirty five, and she seems like very straight faced and like. Uh, very exact and specific. So uh, what Nagomi discovers is that there's this whole like criminal underground involved in like the maid cafe industry in Akihabara. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause uh, was it, it begins with like this dude who comes to the, to the cafe demanding like their sweet money, which I guess is like their protection money. <laughs> Cause there's this whole like, uh, organization that runs and manages all the maid cafes around town called the creature land group, because each like maid cafe has like an animal theme. So like they're like pig themed. There's one that's like Fox themed and rabbit themed and all sorts of stuff like that. And the way this episode ends is Nagomi and Ranko have to go deliver something to another maid cafe and things go awry and it ends with, you've probably seen this uh, scene of Ranko just like gunning down like a whole bunch of maids. Oh yes. Like with an actual gun. (laughs) With an actual gun, I yes. have not but, seen. So this turns into like an actual maid war, like I wanted it to. Yes, yes. Like oh, I, dope. I figured that's what that's why you guys were so excited to hear about this. But yeah, I like thought it's that a, it was like a joking, like competing maids. I didn't know. I no, I wanted yeah. them to murder each other. <laughs> yes, no. Like they they very much murder each other. Like the yes. the first one. It's it's an insane scene because like the first one, uh. Ranko murders she like shoots her in the head and she falls back and there's like a a a like quentin tarantino like blood squirt that like fires from her forehead and like hits nagomi on hits nagomi in the face 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And then Ranko turns to her and says, like, this is the Akiba made war. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> that, unfortunately, that does not happen. Damn it. Yeah. But yeah, so every episode is just like they get involved in some kind of underground shit that usually ends with uh things go sideways and then Ranko has to kill a bunch of people. Like uh there's there's an episode where all the maids uh end up at this underground casino and they're like, Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna work the system here in order to get the money we need to pay our protection money. And it it turns into like an episode of uh Kakegurui, but then it ends with all of them losing all their money. Mm. Yeah, and then at the end, like Ranko shoots a guy in the head and then they blow up the casino. Oh my god. <laughs> because what was it there? As they're leaving, like one of the maids throws a grenade at Ronko and she catches it, throws it back, and blows up the casino. <laughs> this show sounds so awesome. But it this is. is really leaning into the wars. I was not meaning yeah. I, when I was hearing that title, I thought it would be much more metaphorical. Yeah, well, no, when we watched the all. trailer, it definitely was burying the lead. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. Like, uh, <laughs> The uh, the opening kind of bears the lead as well because was it the opening only has like one shot of somebody getting shot. Ah, uh, what was it? The last episode that came out, uh, the the Creature Land group sends over a drill instructor made to like teach them how to be proper maids. Oh my god! Yes, and <laughs> when they all decide to like do a boycott and say, no, we're not going to listen to what you tell us to do anymore. You're, you're driving us too hard. It's ridiculous. She's like, all right, if that's the case, but I'd like to speak to each one of you separately before you decide to, (laughs) to get rid of me. And they all meet her on the roof. And what she does is she throws them off the roof but then catches them the last minute. Oh my God. And then says like, this is symbolic of the creature lands groups relationship with you maids. We're the arm that keeps you from falling off the roof. Oh my God. But it's like you literally threw her off the roof to begin with. I love this. I need to watch this show. Yeah. So like after that, all the maids are like, you know what? Maybe she has our best interest in mind after all. (laughs) And then there's one where, uh, where Ranko is in, uh, is in like an underground fighting tournament, which is fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause like in the finals, she fights this like Russian, uh, maid cafe maid. Who's all like the maids here in Japan. They don't smell of gunpowder. What's going on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's this is a lot of nonsense like that. If I'm remembering correctly, this is from one of the writers of Zombieland Saga, which you you feel a lot of that uh that comedic style in this show. That show was really good. I didn't finish yes. it, but I watched most of it. Right. So yeah, I would say if you were into Zombie Land Saga, you're gonna get something out of Akiba Made War as well. Nice. And this is on High Dive, I think. It is on High Dive, which is a shame because I feel like I think it feels to me like Crunchyroll controls so much of just the discussion of anime streaming nowadays that it seems like anything that comes out on high dive just does not get the same eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people are talking about Ursa Yatsura, but that's about it. Yeah. And I yeah. keep forgetting that Ursa Yatsura came out. Exactly. Yeah. Like I feel like the only reason people are talking about Akiba made war is because it has like that really strong first episode that ends with, uh, with just that really dynamic scene of Ranko killing a bunch of maids while at the same time they do like the cutback 
over to the maid cafe where like one of the other maids is like singing this big like choreographed like maid pop song. My God. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have uh two two recommendations and one don't watch it. <laughs> right. Not that we uh, rank things like that, but yeah, it sounds like you two watch some good stuff and I watch some ass garbage. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, that is a podcast. And it was all spooky ass garbage. We uh, we went a little bit over, but that's okay. Um, it's our Halloween spooktacular. So this has been the Gonzo.moe No Name Anime Show. I'm trying to think what I have in store next time. I teased that I got the Tall Elf Mommy manga. I need to read it yet. Uh, I've been reading Blood Lad, which I didn't think I'd enjoy, and I like a lot. Uh, it's just about a vampire otaku. Okay. Uh, do you two have any idea of what you're going to talk about next time, or are we keeping it a secret? I don't know. Copy that. What about you, Noel? Noel? Boom, Red comes out next week, right? Oh, yeah. I was going to talk to you about whether you wanted to go see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Film Red comes out on the 2nd? Nah, the 4th. The 4th. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we'll have, we have, what, two weeks to see Film Red. So, yeah, maybe we could talk about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, you can find more episodes at gonzo.moe. You can go to your favorite podcast directory. You can search gonzo.moe. We do this show every other week. It comes out Mondays at 10 a.m. And then on the in-between weeks is the Newsbroom, which is your bi-weekly Review of uh, all the anime happenings and sometimes manga. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Hope you have a good Halloween and we will see you next time. Cheers. Bye. (laughs) Oh my God. I keep thinking about this meme that I saw that said, don't claim to be bisexual if you've never had sex with a bicycle. And I've been laughing about that for three days. So when you just said bye, it brought me back to that tweet. Nice. I'm glad uh, the association could be made. Well, I got to go. I have to go drink hot chocolate. Pressing. I'm going to go eat. You have to go drink hot chocolate. It's very important. I'll talk to you two later. Talk to you later.